For some uh, weeks now, on Sunday, we've been on the subject of the Lord being our healer. He revealed himself in Exodus 15:26 as the Lord who heals us. One of those uh, compound redemptive names, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. Now when the I am says I am this, who has a right to say he used to be or not anymore? No, he is and always will be the Lord who heals us. People change. People get away from God. People forget his benefits. But he doesn't change. He is the Lord who heals us. Come on, go ahead and confess it out loud. Say, he is is the Lord Lord who heals me. me. The Lord, my healer. Hallelujah. We saw in uh, Psalm 103, 1 through 5. He said, bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord. O my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. Is he still the God who forgives all your iniquities? Well, when did he stop being the God who heals all your diseases? When did he change? When did he stop? No. If he's still the God who forgives all our iniquities, then he's still the God who heals all our diseases. Many believe the first part of the verse. They don't believe the second part. They they say, well, you know, you just never know. When it comes to healing, forgiveness, yeah, yeah, God will forgive you. He'll always forgive you. But healing... Might not be his will, might not be the right time, he might be teaching you something through it. But that's men's ideas. He doesn't change. His word is right. Said out loud, he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Is that true or not? Is it true or not? Most church going people don't believe it. We do around here. I said we do around here. We believe he is the forgiver of every sin and iniquity. We believe he is the healer of every disease and sickness and infirmity. It is his will. It is his will. People say, well, you know, I know some people that wasn't healed. I know some people that didn't receive forgiveness. Just because somebody didn't receive Jesus and forgiveness, does that change his will for everybody to be saved? No, it just means somebody didn't receive it. Well, just because somebody didn't receive healing, does that change his will for all to be healed? It doesn't change it at all. 
Faith comes by hearing. And there's more faith for forgiveness than there is for healing because in churches people have heard about forgiveness more than they've heard about healing. But the two are purchased by the same Redeemer, made available at the same cross. Hallelujah. We saw this in Luke. If you'd look there in Luke, the fifth chapter, when they brought the man who was uh, paralyzed to Jesus and let him down through the roof, Luke 5, 17 says, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And when they tore off the roof and let the man down, verse 20 said, when he saw their faith, he said to them, man, Your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees begin to reason and says, Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So it's interesting in in that day, they saw the healings, and so they believed he could heal, but they didn't believe he could forgive. Now, people believe he can forgive, but they don't believe he can heal. How many think we ought to believe both? We ought to believe believe both. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Now in verse 22, Jesus, when he perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether is easier to say, Your sins be forgiven, or to say, Rise up and walk? Jesus is asking, Which one's easier? To get forgiven or to get healed? I'm glad he didn't say which one's harder. (laughs) Which one's easier? Friend, this is revolutionary. This is revelation that is life changing. It's just as easy to receive a healing as it is to receive forgiveness. It works exactly the same way. It's based on the same Jesus. He took our sins, but he also bore our sicknesses, carried our pains. How do you receive forgiveness? By faith. You believe you receive your forgiveness before you feel perfect. While you still have symptoms of condemnation. And guilt or shame. You believe he heard your prayer. You believe he forgives and cleanses. So by faith you accept it. That you are forgiven. Just because you had a symptom of not living perfect. Doesn't mean you're not forgiven. Just because you got a symptom of not feeling perfect. Doesn't mean you're not healed. It works exactly the same way. Jesus said, which one is easier? And so he said to the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. And he did, proving, demonstrating that they work the same. Said out loud, I can receive receive forgiveness forgiveness for for every mistake. What else can you do? I can receive healing for any infirmity, any weakness, 
any sickness, any problem. Now, now what, where folks stumble, we've all stumbled here, is in the walking by sight. You know, people are thinking, well, yeah, but I still got symptoms. I know. If you felt and looked healed, you wouldn't need to believe you received it. Faith wouldn't even be a factor. What is faith? Anybody remember Hebrews 11.1? Now faith is the substance of things what? That we, we might say expected. And the evidence of what? Things, if you can see healing and feel healing, you're not in faith for healing. You, if you see it and you feel it, no faith's involved. It's when you don't see it and you don't feel it. And you say, I believe that I receive my healing. I received it by faith. Just like you received your forgiveness by faith when you still felt like a heel. Right? You messed up. You messed up bad. But you said, Lord, I judge that. That's wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. And I receive my forgiveness. That don't mean you instantly feel like a saint. You may still have some symptoms of unrighteousness. But do you have to feel perfect to be forgiven? No, you believe you're forgiven. When you don't look righteous and you don't feel righteous and you can believe you're healed, that you've received your healing before you look healed, before you feel healed. And that is faith. The moment you see it and feel it, it's no more faith. Because faith is the evidence of things what? Not seen. Not seen. Go with me if you would to the book of Luke. Luke 17 verse 11. The just shall walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. You'll be tempted to walk by sight every day of your life. Oh yeah. Your feelings are going to be right there in the morning when you wake up. And if you go by feelings and you let feelings rule your life, you won't believe you're saved. You won't believe you're forgiven. You won't believe any of the things that the Lord has bought and paid for. Oh, but friend, if you begin to walk by faith... And not be moved by what you feel or see or don't feel or see. You can begin to receive miraculous things. Things that other people don't experience. And it's how the Lord has told us it functions and operates. He told people that got healed in his ministry. He said your faith made you whole. Didn't he tell them that? Your faith did it. Well if their faith would make them whole. Your faith will make you whole. It's a matter of receiving what he's already done. In Luke 17, verse 11, it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off at a distance. Now the reason they stood afar off is because by the law, they weren't supposed to be around other people. This was considered, and it's amazing, you know, you read the scriptures in Leviticus, the statutes that the Lord gave them, you got to remember there were no microscopes back then. Nobody understood about germs or contagion. And if you read what he told them to do, he told them to wash things, he told them to burn things, he told them to separate. Well, you got to remember, they had no concept of germs or contagion. And so, leprosy, what this is describing, was a, a terminal, debilitating, deforming disease. Awful, awful. And if you got it, basically your life is over. You had to leave your family. You had to leave your job, your place of business. And what people did is they found other people with these conditions and they lived together in poverty and misery. Awful. Well, Jesus has been ministering to people and people have been getting healed. And so these, these men obviously heard about it. And so they came, they didn't get very close But they came and cried out from the distance, Jesus, Jesus. They have an uncurable, terminal condition. They were pitiful to look at, terrible to smell, to be around. They are outcasts. And they're yelling from a distance, Jesus, have mercy on us. What do they mean? They want what happened. They've heard about people being healed. They want that to happen for them. Did he used to be merciful? Is he still merciful? Notice somebody said, well, I thought they, don't they want healing? Why would they ask for mercy? Because healing is mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, is he still merciful, saints? I, I want to know. Psalm 86.5, don't turn there, you stay in Luke. Psalm 86.5 says, you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Is this still true today? That he is plenteous in mercy. To who? All. See, if you say it's not God's will for this one or that one to be healed, you just got through saying it's not his will to be merciful to them. Because healing is one of his mercies. And it's contrary to the Bible because the Bible says he's plenteous in mercy to all that call on him. So they're calling on him, asking for mercy. Have mercy. Something sparked them and stirred them or they wouldn't even be out there. They got some hope. They got some expectation. They made the effort. They exposed themselves to other people in a public place as far as their hideous appearance and their smell and all this. And and they cried out and said, 
When they did, everybody's going to look at them. Have mercy on us. And what happened? What happened? When he saw them, he said to them, Go. (laughs) Go show yourselves to the priests. Really? Now, you know, we're, we're finishing reading the Old Testament through as a church this year. If you didn't know that, get a revelation. Because it's widely known that everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Now, you can read as much as you want to in addition to that, but we read that. And we've been reading the Old Testament for the past uh, couple of years. Doing that, you can read the New Testament through in its entirety in one year. Exactly. Works out exactly. But it takes longer than that, of course, to read the Old. And a lot of folks nowadays, they don't read the Old Testament. They're like, ah, you know, that's Old Covenant. That's not us. No, the right, you can see the writers of the New Testament expect you, assume you understand the old. Elsewise, you don't even understand half of what they're talking about. And here, if you don't know anything about the Old Testament, you wouldn't know why he's saying this. But there are entire chapters in Leviticus, especially Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14, that deals with leprosy identifying it, what to do if somebody had it, and in chapter 14, what to do if somebody got healed from it. So this is in reference to Leviticus 14. If you've been healed from leprosy, you've had a miracle. (laughs) And so what you were to do, I won't take time to do it, but if you're interested, go back to Leviticus 14, read it through carefully. You would come and shout to the people on the wall outside the city or come to the gate and say, I've been healed. I've been healed. Jehovah has healed me. Amen. Well, they're not just going to take your word for it. The priest was given instructions how to examine and then to offer sacrifice which was a a beautiful picture and type of Jesus and the cross and redemption. I won't take time to go through it, but it's it's worth the time. I mean, uh, they were to take a piece of cedar wood, scarlet and hyssop, and they took two birds and they would kill one bird over running water. And then they would take the other bird who's still alive with a piece of wood with uh, scarlet and hyssop and dip it in the blood and water. Does any of this sound familiar to you? The wood represents the cross. When Jesus was pierced, blood and water came out. You remember all this. This happened long before the cross. And then that bird was brought up Still alive, blood washed, and water washed. 
and taken out to an open field and released. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many think you ought not ignore your Old Testament? They're a wonderful, amazing thing. And what it's doing is portraying the cross. Oh, friend, there was a time when you and I were sin sick and every other kind of sick and lost and undone. And we looked up and cried out to our master. Hallelujah. And because of what Jesus has had done for us, redemption, he took hold of us. The spirit of God took hold of us. And with the work of the cross and the washing of the blood and the washing of the water and regenerating of the Holy Spirit. He has loosed us and set us free, hallelujah, to fly and to rule and reign in this life by one Christ Jesus. And all this happened in connection with somebody getting healed. Healed. So healed, healing is obviously included in that redemptive work. So Jesus tells them, go show yourselves to the priest. Now what that meant is, you go to the priest to show him that you're healed. And let him examine you. And you're going to offer this sacrifice. And you can be reinstated into society. Go back home. Go back, get your job, your profession. Only problem is, they're not healed. And the reason you go is because you've been healed. That's the only reason you go to the priest and say, you need to examine me. Why? Because I've been healed. Do you see how this works, friends? What did Jesus tell them? Go, show yourself to the priest. This means inside, you have to stop identifying with the shunned, terminally ill, incurable, that can't be around anybody, that can't do anything, and now you're acting like a healed person. You're acting like somebody that can go. And can be examined. And can be pronounced clean. Somebody say go show. Go show show yourself to the priest. Oh friend this is. This is faith. Faith believes it receives. Before it feels. Before it sees. Before it has. The report. And the stumbling area is walking beside. People will look at you in amazement and go, well, I'm not going to say I'm healed and I still look and feel sick. Well, you take that reasoning and go further. You're not going to say you're saved when you look and feel unrighteous. Works the same over there. No, you identify with Christ. He took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. By his stripes, I am healed. 
I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed with some symptoms. I'm not the sick trying to get my healing. When am I going to believe I'm healed? If I'm doing that. When I feel it. When I see it. When I get the report. It'd be too late for faith then. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. I believe I received my healing. And I'm calling my body healed. Calling those things that be not. That feel not. That look not yet. As though they were. I believe I received. I claim enough money to pay all my bills. You see the money? No. Where's the money? I believe I receive it. Right? And you go ahead and thank God for it. Like you have it. Because in faith you do. You make plans. To pay all your bills. Come on are y'all with me? With what? I believe I received it. I believe I received it. This is foreign. To the intellectual mind. This is foreign. To the natural mind. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, the Scripture said. Brother F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, made a statement. In fact, I think I wrote it down. Let me read this to you. Because it has to do with faith. Listen to this. He said, as perfume is non-existent to the sense of hearing... So what we take by faith is at first non-existent to our five natural senses. If you don't doubt what you see because you can't smell it, why doubt the existence of what you take by faith because you can't feel it? I mean, if you, our senses perceive different things. Just because I don't smell it doesn't mean it's not real if I see it. To consult our natural senses for evidence that our prayer has been granted is as ridiculous as trying to see with our ears or hear with our eyes. God is spirit. Is he real? Though we don't see him. The scripture said, we love him with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can have something before you see it, before you feel it. You receive it by faith. That's how you got born again. That's how you receive the Holy Spirit. That's how you receive forgiveness. And praise God, that's how you receive healing. Something changes in you when you believe you've received it. You stop trying to get it and you believe you have it. And if you believe you have it, there's no reason to feel sorry for yourself. Amen. Brother Hagin said about Kenneth Hagin Sr. who's in heaven now, when he pastored, he talked about ministering to people who were... Uh, had physical problems. And he said. Uh, he mentioned one lady. That he kept ministering to. And. Uh, that they had. 
were, they were hearing word and had making confessions and somebody asked him about it. He said, no, she's not doing good. They said, why? He said, the whine has never left her voice. Did you hear that phrase? The whine has never left her voice. Well, what's, what's the big deal about that? Why would you be whining? Because I'm sick. Because I hurt. Because I need to be healed. Which means you don't believe. That you have received. And not going to believe it. Until you see it. Until you feel it. Until some test tells you that you are. And faith ceases to be a victim. We can't be both. We're victims or victorious ones. We're overcome or we're overcomers. We're conquered or we're more than conquerors. Which one are you? If I'm a victorious one, there's no reason for you to feel sorry for me. I'm not a victim. If I'm more than a conqueror, it's no reason for you to see me as pitiful. I'm more than a conqueror. Can you see something had to happen in them? They're standing there, outcasts. They are pitiful. Their life is terrible. And what does he tell them? They're saying, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Help us. Heal us. What does he say? Get going. Get going. Go show yourself to the priest. There's only one reason to go show yourself to the priest. Only one reason. What is it? You have been miraculously healed. That's the only reason. You you don't show up there unless you have been. That means there's got to be a giant change on the inside. That you're no longer the pitiful leper needing help. You are the healed. Going to have your healing confirmed. Hallelujah. Going to have your healing testified of. You're not going to find out if you healed or not. You are now the healed which is when. And see here's the thing. Faith is not just about talk. Faith without deeds. Faith without action is dead. Notice the rest of the verse. Notice the rest of the verse. When he saw him yelling, crying, have mercy on us, thou son of David, have mercy. He said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Could they have stood there and said, Lord, soon as you heal us, we'd be glad to go. But you know, we can't go and we're not healed. 
Lord, have mercy. What if the whine never leaves your voice? Then you still feel sorry for yourself. If you're healed, you don't feel sorry for yourself. If you're victorious, you don't feel sorry for yourself. You can't use a disease and lose the disease. If you use it to get out of things, it's yours. It's going to stay with you. If you use it to get people to feel sorry for you and baby you, it's staying. You are identifying with it. And you're wanting people to identify you with it also. There are benefits to being sick. (laughs) You're laughing and shaking your head, but you know there are. Yeah. I mean, little kids learn this. Real convenient on exam day (laughs) to have an upset tummy. Not only do you not have to go to school and take the test that you're not ready for, but you get mama's chicken soup. (laughs) Get to sleep in, get babied. But friend, if we give place to these things, if we nurse them, if we embrace them, if we identify with them and feel sorry for ourselves, we're stuck with it. And it'll just get worse. And there won't be healing. There has to come a change inside where we no longer identify with it. Oh, yeah. It may look and feel that way still, but we don't identify with it on the inside anymore. Can you see that's what we talked about Abraham and Sarah? Can you see what God did with them? He changed their names. Can you see that? And and something happened on the inside of them, and they no longer saw themselves as just old and unfruitful. They saw themselves as father of many nations, calling those things that be not yet, that don't look and feel that way yet, as though they were, as though they are. This is how faith works. And notice what happened when he told them, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, when he told them, quit seeing yourself as leprous and diseased. See yourself as the healed. Turn around and act like the healed and go show yourself to the priest as the healed. And the reason this is in the book is because they quit whining and they quit crying and they quit calling. And they quit asking to see and feel something else. And they turned around and started heading for the priest. And it came to pass. Oh, are you reading the scripture here? It came to pass what? When was power released? Not while they're asking. Not while they're pleading. Not while they're feeling sorry for themselves. When was power released? 
the moment they turned around and started acting like they are healed. Hallelujah. Acting, acting like, believing and acting like they're healed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, friends, some folks are on the verge of some miracles right here, right here. Glory to God. It is just that simple. But if you sit there and you mope and you cry and you yield to depression, I'm not saying it's not bad. I mean, it can be bad to hurt. It can be bad and you can get tired of dealing with things. But if you want a miracle, you got to do something other people don't do. You got to respond differently. You got to get up and go and show. Hallelujah. Somebody say, as they went. As they, it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. By the time they got to the priest, you could see it. Hallelujah. Before they got there. You could see it. They could feel it. That's when one of them turned around. He didn't make it all the way. He turned around and ran back. Fell down thanking the Lord. Giving praise to God. That's when he said, weren't there ten of y'all? Where's the other nine? Oh, praise God. Does he still heal today? Does he still have all his power today, just like he's always said? Yes. Does faith work the same way yes. today Amen. as it always has? It works the same. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, as they went. As they, as they went. As they went. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 7, please. The reason that so many don't do this is a fixation on symptoms. Yeah, but I still feel. Yeah, but I hurt. Yeah, but the tests still say. I believe I have a word from the Lord. What to do about that? Are you interested? 1 Corinthians 7. And... uh, Verse 20, he said, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Are you called being a servant? Care not for it. But if you may be free, use it rather. He that's called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Slavery was everywhere in these days. This was written. And a number of the believers, they don't own their own selves. They are the property of somebody else. And of course, you might think, well, can you... Can you be happy? Can you live a, live a victorious life? Maybe you couldn't possibly 
live a happy life being a slave. But don't you notice what he says in verse 21? Are you called being a servant or a slave? What's the Spirit of God's answer for this? Care not for it. Other translations say, don't let it trouble you. Others say, don't let it bother you. What does that mean? As somebody else's property, do they have symptoms of not being free? They got to deal with it every day. But what does it say? Verse 22. He that's called in the Lord, being a slave, is what? You are free, he's telling them. No matter what it is on the outside, the Lord has made you free. You are the Lord's free man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you are free, you're Christ's servant. But this is not walking by how things are in the natural. Let's say I I believe these words. I believe he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. I believe by faith I received my healing. Yet I hurt. I got symptoms. I'm receiving medications. I'm receiving treatments. How should you think about that? Care not for it. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it trouble you. You need to take something for your symptom. Feel impressed to take it? Take it. You need to have a treatment for this or that? Don't be condemned over it. But don't believe you're not healed because of that. If somebody who's dealing with slavery every morning, noon, and night when their owners call for them, if they can believe they are a free man, even though they're not seeing it and feeling it on the outside, you can believe you're healed. I said you can believe you're healed. You are a free man. You are a healed man. Somebody say, I'm a healed man. I'm a healed man. That's male man or female man. I'm a healed man. I'm a healed man. But what if you got symptoms? Look at your neighbor. Help him out. Look at, care not for it. Don't let that bother you. Don't let that bother you. You need to take a pill. You need to have a treatment. Don't let that bother you because you are already a healed man. You are the healed man. Oh, somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. You are a healed man. I am a healed man. I'm a healed man. I am. I'm not going to be. I'm not in the process of being. I'm not soon one day going to get my healing. I am. I is. Right now. Am. A healed man. Not a sick man trying to get healed. I'm a healed man. May still have some symptoms. Of being sick. But I'm a healed man. Can you see that's what happened to them when they turned around and quit asking and quit begging and quit pleading 
And they took that first step to go show themselves to the priest. What are they acting like? There's only one reason you go to the priest as a leper. Because you've been healed. Can you see this? And the act of taking those steps to go acting like they're healed as they went. Power was being released with every step. Hallelujah. Power, healing power, was being released with every step. And before they got there, symptoms had changed. Hallelujah. And they look and felt healed. As they went, they were healed. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. God. What if I need a treatment? What if I need a, a pill? What if I need? Don't let that bother you. I think that's probably how we'd say it today. Care not for it. King James. You'd probably say, don't let that bother you. Don't let it bother you. Because no matter what you are on the outside right now, you are the Lord's healed man. (laughs) I am the Lord's free man. I am the Lord's healed man. You know something else you are? I am the Lord's rich man. (laughs) What if I ain't doing so good financially? Don't let that bother you. Don't don't let that bother you. Don't let that get to you. Woo! Glory to God. I say woo because somebody's getting free. Somebody's getting free. Lives are being changed. You watch and see. Lives are are being changed because miracles don't happen first out here they happen in here they happen inside they happen in the spirit where you can't see they happen inside then things show up on the outside glory to God they turned around and started walking like they were healed men and then it showed up on the outside go to John please gospel account of John in closing I think John, oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. John 4, John chapter 4. Healings are happening. They're manifesting, I'm saying, because folks are receiving. No whining. No feeling sorry for. No using sickness. (laughs) To get out of things. Or manipulate people. or not, That's not a good time to get quiet. I mean. <laughs> even if even if you've got to make some changes. You want to look straight ahead and go. Amen brother Keith. Yes. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that today. <laughs> Do not. Use any kind. Of weakness or problem. To draw attention to yourself. And solicit help. If you do. You are stuck with it. It's going to stay. And it's going to get worse. If you use it. You won't lose it. It's staying. But. When you change on the inside. And even though on the outside. They were slaves. On the in- And they might not say it. <laughs> to their owner's face. But at lunchtime among themselves. They'd say. I'm a free man. I'm a free man. The other one say, yes, you are. Me too. 
I'm a free man. He didn't even refer to them getting free. How many know with faith all things are possible? Is that right? No matter what time you live in or what situation you're in. And this happened many times. Faith sees itself the way God says we are, no matter how it looks on. And what if it looks and feels so differently on the outside? Don't let that bother you. Don't let that bother you. John 4 is the story of another healing. Verse 46, John 4, 46, Jesus came again to Cain of Galilee where he had made the water wine. There was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. This is a very similar situation. He came down. He's asking Jesus for help. He's telling him how bad he is. How he's almost dead right now. Please come. Please come. And verse 48. Jesus said to him. Except you see signs and wonders. You won't believe. Well that's. That seems kind of hard don't it. Here's a man. His son's at the point of death. He's asking for help. And Jesus didn't just go. I'm going to paraphrase. He said. You got a problem. And it is that you're not going to believe unless you see something. Unless you see something, you won't believe. Verse 49, the nobleman, he said again, this is, sir, come down before my child dies. I told you he was at death's door when I left. Hurry up. Come. So he didn't get it. He's still fixated on seeing something. When's he going to believe his son's all right? When he sees change. Verse 50. Jesus said to him, go your way. Does this sound familiar? Go your way. Your son lives. Now put yourself in his place. You hadn't seen any change. You haven't heard any change. When you left child was almost dead. And that's been some time ago. You got a choice to make. Do you continue begging and pleading? Or do you believe what he just told you? Can you see this? You got the choice of continuing to walk by sight and feeling or walking by faith. He said, your son lives. Now, what reason does he have to believe that that's true? Only one. What he just told him. If it's true, it's done. He's got it. No need in continuing to beg or plead. If not, we're wasting time. And I got to convince him to come. We got to see something. Why is it in the book? Why is it in the book? The man did what? He believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and did what? Did what? Went his way. 
Doing what? Acting like the boy lives. Acting like the boy's healed. But now, there could have been a whole message about the long way home. Because the devil's the same then as he is now. I guarantee you, every step of the way, the devil is telling him, what are you doing? What are you doing? You better go back and get him and bring him there. What are you doing? He'll be dead when you get there. He'll be dead. Keep going. As he was now going down, there's several hours involved in this. His servants, he see them coming. What do you think the devil told him? He's dead. Told you. But his servants met him, and when they opened their mouth, what'd they say? Oh, have you heard? Where where do we hear that? That's exactly what Jesus told him. Your son lives. When the Lord gives you a word, you receive that word. You act like that word is true right now. You don't wait to see anything or feel anything. If he says you live, you live. If he says you healed, you healed. If he says you're free, you're free. That's what you say. What if other things don't look and feel like it? You even need some help making it through because it don't look and feel like it. Don't let it bother you. Your son lives. Verse 52. He inquired of them the hour, the time, when he began to amend. And they said, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew it was the same hour. It was Jesus said to him, your son lives. What happened? When he told him that, and he stopped feeling sorry for himself. And he stopped pleading. And he stopped begging. And he stopped requiring to see something and feel something. And he turned around. And he started acting like his boy was healed. Come on, are y'all with me? He started acting like it's going to be okay. He started acting like his son's not dying, but he's living as he went. Oh, come on, can you see this? The moment he started moving, acting like what Jesus said was true, the boy began to amend. The fever broke and he started getting better that same moment that he acted on the word the Lord gave him. Himself believed and his whole house. Does it still work this way today? Yes, it does. Does it work for you? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Stand up everybody and proclaim it out loud. Say, I am the Lord's free man. Come on, say it again. I am the Lord's free man. I am the Lord's forgiven. I am the Lord's delivered. I am the Lord's protected. I am the Lord's healed. Oh, glory to God. Lift your hands and thank him for it. Lift your hands and thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. We don't have to see it to believe it, Lord. We don't have to feel it. We believe it right now. We are what you say we are. We have 
What you say we have, we can do. What you say we can do. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we ought to celebrate a little bit. We ought to be glad. We ought to thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.